Your show's rubbish. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the D Trout Swinners podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miles Pennell, and there is another bloke as well yeah. involved. You are one of the hosts. <laughs> one of two. Um, yeah, Gary. Gary Forrestal. Yeah. So. All right. The, right. Would would we would we define ourselves as a double act or? <laughs> well, in the sense that we act and there's two of us, and that no, in no other way we're not in media. No, um, that's true enough. Imagine if we were like, I don't know, what what do double acts do? Like. Juggling. No, no. If we were like, if we. If we went on the weakest link as a as a couple when they do their couples episode or something like pointless. that, you'd rather do pointless, wouldn't you? Pointless, of course, yeah. I love pointless. So what you're listening to is the D Trout Spinners, and we review the Ricky Gervais Sean X FM in two thousand and two, three, and four. And we we can you believe, Miles? We're about twenty episodes in. I know. We've done twenty episodes of this. I'm surprised we haven't got bored of it, to be honest. I well. I, <laughs> You're assuming I'm not bored of it. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm enjoying doing it. Genuinely, um, uh, not just as a distraction, but um, I, I think just hearing like loads of people's comments and the reaction it's provoked, I think it's a really uh, yeah. important thing. It's, it's, I think um, we're both very um, sort of overwhelmed with the reaction of people. Like, not overwhelmed. I'm not saying, oh, you know, we have tens of. Tent or like you know we have love letters or anything like that but we do have like the uh, feedback that we get is very interesting it makes it kind of worthwhile we've got some more for you this week which we we always do the feedback at the end so stay tuned for that um but yeah i'm just surprised we got like to about 20 episodes you know because we're i don't know when we started you know we we tried to start a pod- another podcast a while ago and it was there was a competition so we were kind of recording one for that and then we were going to start the podcast we did it it was quite an interesting topic i still think it's quite interesting it's about advertising but like we put it straight back down but yeah and i think we would have put most topics down by now wouldn't we but you know knowing <laughs> we've kind of got quite a low tolerance for kind of boredom. either that we've got so little interests and yeah. other <laughs> this is all we could do a podcast about is is retro <laughs> Yeah. Radio. Hello, hello and welcome to the brian blessed podcast with gary and mars we could do that one i but, would do a sister podcast about ainsley harriet i don't know yeah. how long it would be but yeah i'd i'd quite I'd like one episode I, I don't think you could squeeze much out but yeah that, uh, we, mars and i do have a, an unhealthy fascination with ainsley harriet um does anyone else have 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 a fascination with i'll i'll say like c-list celebrity because i think everyone's got a soft spot for someone that's kind of obsolete someone that's in the media eye well funny funny enough we've had an email about that sort of thing because i was just going to say for people who aren't in this country ainsley harriet is a tv chef he's kind of like a very perky trying to describe him um but he's very perky kind of chef very camp and eccentric as yeah, I'm just surprised, mate. We got 20 episodes in, but anyway, this episode is um, we're reviewing episode 18, I believe, of the Ricky Gervais show on XFM from series two. And yep. Mark will tell you some information that he's written down that he likes to read out word for word. But but it's basically, I'll just say, it's the Christmas episode. 
Um, and I have quite a soft spot for uh, both Christmas episodes. There's one next year as well. But um, is there what, another Christmas episode? Once no, but, yeah, but there isn't any more. You know, like, that's it. They didn't do any Christmas podcasts or Christmas, any, but they did the Christmas two XFM shows on. Uh, so there's going to be a Christmas every day until you, every year until you die, Gary. Yeah, which is one right. more. <laughs> so, um, so yeah Mars read out your bit and we'll get on with it well here is the bit of information <laughs> Gary <laughs> was referring Sorry. 21st of December 2002 this originally um, aired and you're right it was uh, episode 18 uh, Carl's not buying his girlfriend Suzanne anything for his for Christmas because he's taking her out for dinner mm. yeah. oh is that it yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, that's okay. That's I expected more. I don't know why. Gary, what are your thoughts on the episode? Your your initial takeaways? My initial takeaways. It's an episode I really like. I gravitate towards both Christmas shows. I don't know why. I don't know. There's something about listening to a Christmas show when it's not Christmas that makes you feel a bit Christmassy. And I'm not very. I don't really like Christmas that much. But there's parts of it that I do like. And listening to a Christmas show of the Christmas XFM show it kind of just knowing that they're a week before Christmas makes me feel a bit Christmassy but apart from that in general it's a good show I like it there's kind of there's an interesting sort of I don't know the the dynamic is good there's some stories there there's that there's actually a story that Steve tells which I won't go into just yet but I'll go into in a minute but um that reminds me very much of an incident that happened to Mars and me actually so that that was interesting but yeah it's interesting sort of hearing what people's get um what Carl gets his parents as presents what Carl gets Suzanne as presents last week we heard what Ricky kind of got his family's presents it's just interesting hearing those sort of behind the scenes bits of information um again Ricky kind of is he's, he's he does this thing where <laughs> he's very naughty and he but he he tries to play the voice of reason and I often think like if ever any of these shows were discovered and like released he's kind of covered him like uh, like as a scat as a scandal like look at listen to what Ricky said in the past he covers himself quite well is the I just say the story where um Steve shows Carl the picture oh yeah picture it's not nice Ricky goes like he goes we should we shouldn't be laughing at this and then immediately laughs loudest (laughs) so he does that thing where he's like voice of reason more than Steve is but he's also very annoyed anyway so that that was an interesting moment but yeah it's a it's a very good show I like listening to it it just makes me feel upbeat and Christmassy what are your thoughts mate your first thoughts no, I, I, I'm the same as you. I really enjoy it. I, I think you're right, actually. There is something about listening to Christmas stuff out of context that intrinsically make you, makes you smile. Also, the, the, the dynamic is you're sort of seeing they're really developing their dynamic in this episode like and their relationships between all three and some really funny moments. And hearing about, yeah, like you said, what Chris, what Carl buys, the Victoria Plum episode, which I, which I think we'll get to. Mm. few things that I have noticed that were just little bugbears for me at the start when carl's talking about taking his uh step stepdad out for dinner yeah and they, and he says no, he's his father-in-law not stepdad. okay that's what okay um and they say they go to a pub which has nice steak and onion rings and ricky and steve are just really snobby about it they go oh lovely classy and i'm yeah. like i don't know why that annoys me so much because i go i i'd enjoy that 
And I'm sure well, his dad enjoys that. And why is that such a? What, I think. What would you? Why? Where would you want to go? For no, yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. I haven't really thought about. It, but yeah, it is a bit. It, it does sound a bit snowy. But I think they're at the point where if Carl said he went to a, any sort of restaurant whatsoever, they would have made yeah. the same sort of joke. Like it's <laughs> just. Enough. That, and and actually that's something about this episode as well that's kind of I I, I you know I'd be interested, really interested to hear the listeners' thoughts on this but just in my head not as a not in a huge obvious thing but I see this show as a bit of a watershed in the Ricky Gervais show because it's like we've been building up and building up to a point where the dynamic has formed as it is and they're getting more antagonistic towards Carl as as each episode goes on. Now, from next episode onwards, not the not the compilation, which we obviously don't cover, but from January onwards, it's kind of a fully formed dynamic. It's very interesting. Straight off the bat, Carl's come up with these new features. They kind of um, they dismiss all of them. They're kind of they're quite antagonistic. It's funny. It's very interesting dynamic, whereas actually where we started from this series, it wasn't like that. There were shows where they're being kind to Carl. Some sometimes they're kind of saying nice things. It's it's it, for me it's a watershed. It's and also it's a watershed because a lot of features introduced in the new year thanks to Carl, and it just feels like what, 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 what rictuals. Rictual, and yeah. what would you think of that I mean, then? No, but there is. Uh, is it? Is it? I mean. There is one of those features they take on, but anyway, there's a song, a phrase, and um, I we, think this is the advent of Monkey News as well. Monkey News is going to start soon. Um, they're doing a bit of uh, um, Do We Need Them, although that starts this episode. But I just see it, it's, it's not in the sense that I see it as better or worse, but I see it as a slightly different show going forwards, and it's still mm. great. I love it. Um, it's still the, and of course deep down it's the same show absolutely it's not some um, huge change but I see this show as kind of the last of the early shows and it, yeah. and it fits because it's Christmas and it, it may, maybe that's maybe that's kind of a false impression that's implanted in my head because it's Christmas it is a new year next episode but I genuinely think that's so I'll be interested to hear what the listeners think about well, I think that. people do feel like that don't they when when you go for a long break and you feel very refreshed full of ideas and the whole the, the funny thing is when they return his Carl's had all this time away but he comes back with absolute shit <laughs> it just, no, it's it's, to be fair it's only they only had about two weeks gap in between probably two yeah, but that's enough isn't it of two weeks no but but to be fair like that's the thing Carl comes up with these ridiculous features, but what radio show do you know that the producer comes up with all the features and the and the presenters have absolutely no input whatsoever? Yeah, like, that's true. Actually, like he he he's at least putting in the effort. You know, I think it's quite good of him to come back. And he and again, it's this thing. You might disagree with me because we've talked about this before. When he comes up with things like rituals. He knows that's not going to be a feature. He's saying that self-contained to be funny because it, no, and it he's is not. He's genuinely not. He's just obviously thought of a word that sounds like Ricky. No, and, yeah, I know. And, I know. And, but he, and he knows and he's trying to he's desperately trying to make a feature out of out of something that's like nothing. I, I know. But he like when he comes up with Rockbusters, for example. He knows for sure that is definitely a feature. It's, it's, yeah, course, it's a feature's yeah. worth of material contained in that with things like rituals. Um, he 
he knows that's not going to be a feature. He he knows he's just he's just come up with a funny word that's like Ricky, and it's and it he he he's has that kind of self-deprecating humour where he knows that's going to come back at him, but he does it anyway because it's funny. The other thing about the new year, we won't talk too much about the new the new year. I like I do like um when he comes up with the sort of t- like um what was what was it what is it war? Do you think of that then war yeah. features, science features? But I, I I do quite like them. But anyway, let's come back to this episode. So, what do you think of um asking for a birthday present? <laughs> or he says, yeah. he says you've only spent you've, it's my birthday and you've only spent six pounds on me. Again, that, I I quite like because what I like there is Ricky. Do you think that's like northern like classic northern honesty? Because I there are things that I would absolutely yeah, I'd, I love to see, I'd love to see hear a conversation between Carl and his mum for one, two or, or his dad actually. And I'd like to be there around their, their... This man likes his wine. Yeah, I'd like to be around their dinner table when they're having Christmas dinner or something. They're going, right, right. No, so, I think... I, no, I think... no, kill Diana, don't you, son? Right, flower company. He's like, quite right, Dad, you're not wrong. Yeah, and I'd also, like, I'd also like to be... Uh, I'd like to observe Suzanne and Carl around their flat for their morning routine. I'd love to talk to Suzanne. I'd love to talk to Suzanne. That'll, that'll never happen because I respect people's privacy. No, Suzanne has always chosen because we we kind of briefly considered trying to approach Suzanne somehow. But I said, you know, unlike everyone else that we're trying to approach, she has always she hasn't even put one photo of herself out, let alone an. Interview. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair, would it? You can't, you can't, you can't ask someone to do that. No, but coming back to what you're saying, I think that. Um, well, the, just the thing I like about that is Ricky, because it's an interesting point, Ricky. I, most people wouldn't have made it because they were joking about Carl being stingy. But Ricky makes a good point. Like, I'm worried about his attitude now because that is <laughs> that is a stingy present. But you don't say, you know, you only get back to Bolton and back, aren't you, for that? Yeah, I think it's um, and I'm careful what I say here. I, I don't mean this in any way disparagingly, but I think it's a north south thing because we've discussed this before. Not that people in the north are stingier at all but they're more open about what they think yeah people in the south would think that and wouldn't say it and of course that's a huge generalization there's people in the south would say people in the north but in general i think it's a more we talked about this before didn't we it's a more people are more like they'll just tell you yeah i don't know why but this isn't a north south thing but i've got a german friend but she she'll just say you're looking fat you know, she just say like they don't care. Like I've said that to you a few times. No, you never have seriously. But she'll just say seriously. Whereas I think some, I think like most countries, people are like people in the north here. Whereas the south is kind of a bit of a bubble, and and it's a shame really. I try and be open, but again, I'm reserved in in some ways as well. So, but I think there is that fine line, isn't there, between like uh, this is one of my, I like talking about this a lot, but um. Being yeah. direct and being rude. Like, where is the line between that? Because it's, it's a very, very fine line. And Northern people, you know, this is this is by Carl's, own, this is Ricky's own admission when when he says, um, oh, a, a speaker's a find, uh, a seer's yeah. a find, and a jib would wrap the wibble. And uh, <laughs> never the way I would say, oh, I just speak my mind. Because I've, I've always hated that. That was always the thing that people used to say on Big Brother when they, when they went into the Big Brother house back when it started, you know, when they go, I either like me or hate me because I speak my mind and you go oh shut the fuck up. <laughs> it, it, there's a there's a great um article on the Daily Mash. I'll try, I'm going to try I'll try and look it up. But in general, 
like rude rudeness is pure purely a subjective thing so i think in the north if if someone again i shouldn't say north south but if someone who if you always talk like that the the line for rudeness for both parties to a conversation is much further down the line so you could be rude but you'd have to be bloody rude to be rude whereas the line for rudeness is much more closer is 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 much it's much shorter yeah. i don't know the word best way to describe it but it, it's approached much quicker in the south well, people get more and people get offended is easily sort of here i've had a few like falling outs when people just got grasped the wrong wrong end of the stick and you just go oh, I, I shouldn't have to explain myself but i do yeah um i know there's a there's a great article on the daily mash which is a um a satirical news website it's only a short article but anyway just i'll just read you the um the uh, headline it's a woman who says you'll either love me or hate me is universally hated that's the headline and it just uh, it's just uh, i just uh, a woman who claims to have a diverse personality unites everyone who meets her in hatred it has emerged that's really good it is it's such a great article that's but very funny i i knew someone who's universally well, hated um Another thing that springs to mind with this episode, and there's there's a few, I don't buy for a second that Steve pretended to have a fake foreign accent when when someone asked for directions. Um, but I do I do really understand when he says, uh, I like giving directions, I like giving directions, and then Rick goes, all right, <laughs> do you know where you're going? Yeah. Because I've oh, been that guy, and I I think that was part of my my stand up routine, which was oh god that was so bad <laughs> and i was like i find it hard to make friends quite often i'll just stand at leicester square and ask people if they're if they know where they're going <laughs> just yeah. I, i've heard that in such stand-up. a non-joke yeah so actually as you're on that story by steve it kind of reminded me of something now what i do believe i i, I kind of agree with you i never really thought about it, but i don't believe you put a foreign accent on no but it's it's one do, of those things that everyone wished they would have done. They go, I don't know, I sorry, I don't speak. I don't and you joke about it, but you never would do it. Same like affecting a limp coming out of a disabled toilet. Yeah. You do it. I, I've got no qualms about using a fucking disabled toilet. Mm. Trust me, with my issues. Oh, yeah. Well, you <laughs> are don't you, yeah, but um, actually, I've got two things. Yeah, so on, on the disabled toilet thing, I do believe he probably put a limp on. And actually... You, you should have qualms about using a disabled toilet. You're not disabled, although you do have something that makes you go to the toilet a lot. I know, but we at work, <laughs> at work sound like two old books. <laughs> I, I'll just say this story and then I'll say my point. Of, yeah, I know. Well, we're just, yeah, <laughs> are in the 70s. But um, like at work, there was it was in a self-contained building. There was one disabled toilet. A, girl, my, a friend of mine who is, disa- who is disabled, she used a disabled toilet. And she said the amount of time she and there was no one else who was disabled in the building. The amount of time she went in there and it it stank. Right. And she said, basically, what people do, people get embarrassed to do oh a, a poo in, in a normal toilet. And so they go to the disabled toilet. And I felt really sorry for it because she it, it was just it was just disgusting every time. She anyway, my, the story. I like, So that story that Steve tells about affecting a limp when you've used a disabled toilet it kind of reminded me of something miles you'll remember when i say it where miles and i went to edinburgh uh <laughs> on the way back 
it was supposed to be a four-hour train journey. I think we've talked about this before, so I won't we talk. We definitely haven't spoken about this I before. I know, but I'll quickly say. So it's supposed to be a four-hour train journey. We stopped for about an hour. Then we went to some obscure tiny station, picked up exactly double the amount of people who were already on the train because the, the train ahead of us had stopped. And we, Mars and I were in priority-only seats. When we sat there, it was fine because there was loads of space and everything. People kept walking by us. At first, they were like, you know, young, able-bodied. We, we felt okay, but like people who were sicker and sicker and older and older, keep <laughs> walking by. And Mars and I shouldn't really, but we knew. But it was it was like eight eight-year-old child, two-year-old child, a baby, a really old bloke with a limp and a walking stick and a carer. Yeah. Some with no arms. And then but, the next one, you, you kind of felt like someone was going to walk on with a stretcher. Yeah. Doing that ECG machine, whatever it was. It was <laughs> so awkward. And Mar- Mars and I kind of, we basically, we knew, because we we were told by the train operator that this journey six was going to last about another six. It lasted eight hours. Six but eight hours. It another six hours. I, I was trying to watch my laptop on the little t- table but i couldn't i couldn't do we sat like this i, I did a classic car when um you know when he's on the train with a disabled child and just goes to sleep i just thought i was just going to sleep yeah mars kind of went to sleep i kind of kept looking at mars because i wanted to en- engage him in conversation to be <laughs> like oh we haven't noticed anyone but it was so obvious that we we noticed everyone that come by. but we, we sound really bad people actually we're we're genuinely not like i, I don't think that's it, that strange i think a lot in every other situation, I would give up my seat, priority seat. But the train was so packed. It's not like you could go to the bit like by the doors and that was packed. So you had to stand in the middle of a carriage, mm-hmm. like in the middle of a, of a row of seats and holding on to the. It was just it was horrific. We should do a feature, right, where it's it's who would you give your seat up to? And I, I read off a selection of uh, classes of people and Gary's got to decide if he would move from a seat what like working class no 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 no. so let's let's do it now you're in the priority seat it's absolutely round uh a priest walks on he's 80 years old do you give up your seat what do you do well he's okay because he's got you know he's got the will of god the the good lord the good lord will provide him a seat to sit on um i like this feature let's do that that was that was that was mars's feature let's not let's not do too many of them like we can do one a week that's fine that 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 was actually that was the first our listeners have heard miles miles unscripted he just came up with that he's got that sort of talent i'm not Um, always unscripted i know things i want to talk about miles is unscripted 99 percent time i know but he kind of likes to plan things but don't you that would be fair (laughs) to say but that was just just okay so he talks about jellyfish do we need do we need the jellyfish when i was really young i went um uh swimming in in the sea and and to this day i still can't i like swimming but i can't do swimming in the sea because of this moment and I swam out really, really far. And um, I would have been about um, seven or no, oh. no, no, like seven or eight. And I swam out really far. And I thought, Do you know, what would be really funny is if I pretend to drown. So <laughs> I was sort of sort of moving my body, like sort of rippling my body and swaying, and swerving and really causing quite a splashing and, you know, loads of splashes going around. And my mum, like, is having a heart attack <laughs> by the beach. Your poor mum. I know. Horrible. <laughs> but then, do you know, do you know, it was absolute comeuppance because 
And she's, she's obviously losing her shit because her son did that. Yeah. Anyway, I looked down when I sort of had my fun, and there was a pink jellyfish right by me. I just I nearly fainted because it was just they're such oh yeah they're such sort of magnificent creatures you know the way they move it's quite hypnotic and they're quite beautiful in a way but I just I was so worried about dying from a sting so I just literally swam all the way back I this happened again when I was at Greece actually when I'm with my ex we went to Greece we went snorkeling don't know why anyone goes snorkeling not a fan of it would never do it again Mm. just go to an aquarium this bloke, he he caught a whiff that the, the guy leading the class, he caught a whiff that I didn't like jellyfish. He just kept like picking them up and like throwing them at me. What? Yeah. Was he someone you went with? No, he's like the tutor, like the guide, the course guide. The course guide on a snorkeling course in Greece was throwing jellyfish at you. Well, it was sort of like. That should have been your first jellyfish anecdote. You did them <laughs> the wrong way around. Um, okay, that's very strange. But actually, both of your anecdotes about jellyfish don't involve getting stung. So you you avoided getting stung both times, don't you? Yeah, and I, and I, I, I don't. I, I, I like to. Um, I'm quite uh, hazardous, to be honest. I'm quite. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's quite weird. That's actually probably why I'm not really enjoying being under lockdown anymore because my my hazards are up now. Yeah, you're timorous. You're you're nervous about things. I'm not going to take the piss out of you for those anecdotes because I can tell you this, I haven't come that close to, to a jellyfish, but I won't swim in the sea because of jellyfish. Like I've always had this thing about jellyfish. I don't know, just the way that they you're right, they they I've never thought about it like that, but they're quite hypnotic. They're very strange creatures, strange to look at, and just they have this these powerful stings. And I I was I used to read about loads about jellyfish in books because the internet wasn't about, and I'd become obsessed with them. But I was also I feared them. Like there's these jellyfish in Australia called Irukundi jellyfish, and they're that big. Um, I'm doing this about an inch or two inches. They oh, are the most trousers. Deadly, they're the most deadly. They're the most deadly things in the world. So one sting from them can kill you. And they're that small and they swim in big clusters. And I just never go swimming if it was in Australia or Greece. But even here, I would because I don't I just don't like jellyfish. I've seen one washed up on the beach. And even then I was scared. Why do we do a like, live show broadcast from the Australian waters surrounded by jellyfish? Gary and Miles and um what's that what's it called? Summer Bay. You know, that's 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 that's, that's <laughs> Love uh, Island. Home, and away. home and away. We wouldn't uh, be allowed on Love Island. We're way too old and fat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um also I wouldn't go because it would be embarrassing. Imagine if you went on Love Island and found no love whatsoever from anyone. Because I think everyone that goes on there has a bit of love from someone. Well, they get sex. I, well, I, I'm, get some lovely sex. I'm talking about a connection, Miles, a, a deeper thing. Yeah, mine's different to that. Um, but, yeah, if you're a listener, do you have a funny jellyfish story? Because I'll be honest, <laughs> all, all of ours, Miles' two and my one weren't that funny. <laughs> but they were okay. But if you've got any funny ones, let us know. Um, any particular fears. Who's your favourite celebrity jellyfish? Yeah, he's in favor. I, I do like Carl's um, little, and this is where Carl has a great mind. It's kind of child, a combination of childlike but lovely, but but very intelligent. His little one, the shorter a poem is, actually, the harder it is to write. And his little, it would be spiteful to put, put jellyfish, jellyfish in the it's, it's just lovely. It's a lovely line. I love that. That came much much later than these shows. But Dennis yeah, Norton's laughter file. 
Now, I would just say if if you're listening and you're not from the UK or if you're under 30, <laughs> Dennis Norden presented, uh, it, They you'll have them in every country. It's a clip show of funny things that happen when things go wrong. Like if someone's interviewing someone. You've and, been framed. And, and, well, it's kind of, yeah. Um, what was your point about Dennis Norton? After I, I, just, just, I think it's a really funny thing because I remember it being incredibly long. It was like three hours long. And um, I used to hate it as well. I found him unengaged. I don't like those sort of shows anyway, which is weird. He's actually, old school. You see, he, to be fair to him, he's like he's from that old school of presenters. You'd never he'd never get on TV now. But in the era, he was. Yeah, but in, there is a different there is a difference between an, an oldie presenter and like a, a show like that. That's that is not that's like a young person format now, isn't it? Like people laughing at people home movies. It's yeah. not, you, you know, now it's it transgressed like the innocence of it. You know, someone falling over a over on the trampoline. Now you have to like, you know, have a spike up your heart, like something like that. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I think that was a DVD that we borrowed from <laughs> Pete. Um, but um, I, I do like the point that he makes because uh, they make it about the Flintstones as well. That this Some I did jokes were funnier I, than others. I, I, the Flintstones does have a laughter track, and it's just it's so funny, and that and it's, it's so I hate those laughter tracks. It's kind of funny thinking about it because it's such a ridiculous thing to have done. But like same with Dennis Norton, um, and that's why I didn't really get into Seinfeld because Seinfeld had a live audience. It absolutely had a live audience, but they admit what they did is if they had to retake and obviously they didn't get a laugh on the fifth take because the audience knew what was coming then they put in canned laughter and that happened quite a lot i just true? shows with yeah that that's um uh larry david's sort of said that he defended because it's kind of known as a oh they've got canned laughter it didn't it did have a live audience but i've got into seinfeld actually more recently in the last couple of years like just watching episodes on online but I, I always found it, it took me much longer to get into. And I think the way we both gravitate towards the minimum amount of laughter, i.e. none, like in the office, the royal family. You know, we love those things. Yeah. And like with the royal family, they, the royal family, again, is a sitcom. Check it out. It's a great sitcom. Very, very, very um, sweet, caring, down to earth. Non, it's not um, bigged up in any way. It's kind of underplayed underplayed very small small set small everything but intentionally so and um they they wrote it the the two writers they both star in it as well and they went to the producer they said we love it we're going to make it but and we're going to put a laughter track on and caroline Hearn, who wrote it said if you put a laughter track on this i will withdraw the rights you you will not make this show i'd rather not make it than make it with a laughter track and i think it's kind of but then there are shows with a laughter track that we both love like father ted but some shows it just suits and some shows it doesn't so that is an interesting point about laughter tracks anyway that's what i took from that but, i um, just remember just wanting to go to bed because <laughs> when steven says um and they laugh at his jokes and i mean i don't, I don't know what the jokes are the jokes are so the jokes but i just are, remember like I, I would rather watch that than something like um oh this is your life which i also didn't really like particularly but i was i was always aware that they were they were shows that on at such a time where you're like as a young person you're like i could stay up a bit later but i've got to watch it but i know it's shit they were like sundays sort of it was after antiques roadshow i think and again that that's a really great point from ricky which is that 
he's he didn't he doesn't make it this episode but he makes it a, a, another episode like that feeling of just sunday like it's a horrible feeling because it's sunday evening and sunday evenings horrible. so when you remember the show you don't just remember a show that was on like antiques roadshow you don't just remember watching antiques roadshow you remember the feeling that you had rather than just the actual show you probably can't yeah from an antiques roadshow that you've ever watched but you remember the feeling of that music coming on and things um another point is that again this is an example i've talked about this before of ricky being very wise and he makes he talks about very wise thing like it's not a nice thing but when he talks about when a woman dies an old woman it's kind of the end of the man's life like yeah i was gonna say this too when the man dies she kind of yeah she's got 30 years of pottering it's a great it's a great observation i don't know if he'd heard that before or just noticed it but in general that it seems to be kind of true because i think the woman traditionally it won't be the same in 50 years when we're at that age but traditionally woman does all the menial things that the stuff around has that, that kind of supports your life whereas the husband has interests and different things that that aren't necessary so if husband dies it's not you don't need the husband to be doing his bit but of that's garden. that generation isn't it yeah but also yeah but i think of course yeah it's a generational thing but it's just i i just i just like those because it's just another it's just another example of i'm not saying he's a genius for saying that i'm not going overboard but i'm just saying it's it's He's very wise, Ricky. He says a lot of wise things. And that's an, that's another wise statement that when you think about it, it's not true in all cases, but it's pretty, pretty on the on the nose. Yeah, I think so. There's that is so like that generation, though, isn't it? Like now, I don't know. Maybe I still think it would be difficult for. But bear in mind, when you say that, that generation, which because people we're only talking about elderly people, because obviously when people die and it's young, it's horrible. We, we only consonants that but people who it's we haven't reached the gen when our generation is old so that'll be in another 50 years the people who are old now grew up in the 60s 70s traditional gender roles things like that so it's it's a generation so it would still be the same now but it'd be interesting to see what it was like in 50s anyway i don't want to get too bogged down on that point because it's not please don't to think about but it's an interesting point isn't it that ricky is quite wise i think you um you tend to agree with that mm, i do should we have a little break yeah we'll have a break what we'll come back we'll come back with a few other observations and things we'll do our um top quotes i've i've forced miles to cut down from 10 to 5 because i see him <laughs> tends to tends too much you might as well be reading out the whole show there aren't there, i wouldn't you know, do that no <laughs> um and then we will have our xfm in the community feature well miles we've got quite a bit of feedback this week yeah we do got got quite a nice and 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 we put a listener and we put a poll out to the listeners last week based on um who would you still have listened to the xfm shows had carl not been involved so we've got your feedback on that question don't don't don't, um i was going to say don't spunk all your good stuff early because i just just, (laughs) don't reveal what the outcome of that no i won't want to know the outcome you'll have to keep listening yep see you in a bit (laughs) bye I've got, you know, I live with housemates, right? Well, you don't, actually. You live with your girlfriend, but you you don't have a housemate. He's not allowed into, 
you you basically you have a shared kitchen is what you have yeah now they don't open what's your policy on this right they don't open their window in their room and um do you go in their room no of course i don't but i often open their window they don't open the window because i can see from the outside when i go outside for a cigarette okay and it's never open now they have a very rancid smelling room and it smells like sweat and feet can you smell it from your kitchen, which is closer to like your shared kitchen is on a, a basically Mars is on the top floor level. Then the kitchen's on the second level and then their flats on the bottom level. That's yeah. right. Now you can when you walk past it, you can there's a noticeable whiff and it's so unpleasant. Like for me, I'm I'm someone that likes to have windows open all the time. Yeah, I'm the, exactly the same. Not just saying it to be like courteous to you not that i ever would but even in winter i have my windows open yep so so do do you say anything should i say anything to these people it's very difficult situation isn't it because look guys you you fucking reek one of the reasons it's difficult is because basically they're miles's landlord as well so (laughs) it's very you know i wouldn't i wouldn't say anything in that situation because your flat doesn't smell of it does it no no. your flat i've just never smelled anything like it Oh, God, it must be gross. It's so gross. Just even if in the winter I have my windows open a crack. And the main reason is to prevent mould. Because when I was much younger, like 20, sharing a flat with a girl, we had terrible mould. Right. And we used to keep our windows open. And, yeah, I know, it wouldn't happen these days. Sharing <laughs> yeah. But um, it, the uh, builders builders came and it was, it was reeking of mould. Like, And they, they said, you need to just, just leave your window open a crack. And I've always done that since. And I've always looked for flats that are on the second floor or higher so that I can leave my windows open when I go out. And I, that's what I've got now, a second floor flat. So I, I leave my windows open when I go out. Yeah. And through summer and, and even winter. Yeah, it's, it's gross. It's disgusting. Anyway, back to back after, after putting, I hope you weren't eating your tea or your dinner. Um, right favorite quotes so we're going to do favorite quotes then we're going to come to xfm in the community and wrap it up okay so here here are my quotes now i have trimmed them down um so one at a time yep uh so it's pop the shit down the u-bend and just uh wipe your hands on your pants i've got that one i've got that (laughs) love it love it i just Um, like that's just so funny it's all right it's just a wire thing at the back you just pull that up (laughs) and i have actually done that my old i've done it yeah my, my my um house growing up we had the same problem where it's just like you had to put your hands in the thing and then push it back down how was, so it, just... how was it when you your mum and your sister interviewed david bowie how did that go? <laughs> yeah. um I, uh, this is after like a lot of abuse and he yeah all right yeah like, i, I like, had that one silent for so long and then stamping on it so i always get like uh, an indian in yeah, and, that's, that's what Steve said. It, it's just Ricky's reaction to it. Because knew you were gonna say, knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh, and uh, have a good have Christmas. A good Christmas. <laughs> that's, that's one of our favourites. <laughs> um, my one is uh, lovely plums, nice bollocks. Yeah, lo- lovely bollocks. Smashing pumpkins. I, Who's saying that at Christmas? I had lovely plums as well. Again, Ricky's done this one quite a few times, but I always find it funny. Nor do you. Like it says, I can't remember what it's like, your hair's a mess or something. Yeah. You know, nor do you. You don't have to worry about your hair. Go on. Uh, my one is, I can't, that is shit. That Four is enough. shit. Four ain't enough. Four ain't Clark. Four ain't enough. 
No, but I'd like when he says, I'm sorry, it may be Christmas, but that is, you know. <laughs> Even even Carl laughs at that, which is fun. It's always nice to hear Carl laugh. Um, okay, what group is banana drama? What group is banana drama? <laughs> he just sneaks that one in, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> banana drama. Um, multi gym facilities. Multi gym facilities. I was talking about them. They always got that extra roomy, extra roomy, and a disabled toilet. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Okay, uh, hold on a minute, Ross McWhorter. McWhorter. It's just again one of Ricky's excellent pronunciations, and I have done this before, but it really makes me laugh um, when he says, "Um, I love the fact that you've got an expert," and then suggests she's going to be having sex with Noah. Yeah. I just think. <laughs> yeah. It is a ridiculous thing when you think about it like that that Carl actually did in that interview. So this poor woman who just works at a. <laughs> she just works. She just works at the aquarium or whatever. Actually, one one uh, like I didn't write this down, but I always enjoy this, <clears throat> and it's not objectively funny. I just love it when he overdesion, because when he said talks about the um this uh, fridge magnets and Native American tribes worshiping the fridge magnet. It's not a particularly memorable bit, but he just says you know the fridge magnet has powers, and then pauses for for a few seconds and just says overdesion. <laughs> I, like I, I like when he says of adhesion okay um, we definitely need a jingle for this basically yeah this is xfm in the community now it's usually miles because miles kind of is on social media i'm not on social media and miles has kind of collated feedback and things that we've had from the show and thanks for getting in touch he sent me an email of one so it says hi miles and gary wanted to send you a message because some re- something recently occurred to me although i've been listening to the xfm episodes for maybe 10 years i only just realized how many british references went over my head and i'll just say at this point this is from tal sorry i forgot to say that tal m um i grew up watching a lot of bbc mostly british sitcoms so it's not like i have no frame reference at all nonetheless there were times I had no idea who or what they were talking about, like John O'Coleman, Rick Waller, Krista Berg, and many more. I still was entertained and kept listening. And I think that's testament to how funny they are. Sometimes I Googled a certain person, but for most of them, it doesn't matter if you know who they are, which I completely agree. And then uh, now now I wrote this. Oh, no, I won't read that bit. But basically, um, hope you're doing well. Greetings from the Netherlands. Oh, yeah. Sorry. P.S. I vaguely remember you once mentioned wanted to do a podcast episode on Twitch. Do I remember that correctly? And if so, will that still happen? Well, let me just, I'll just deal with the Twitch question first. It probably will happen, but we have no direct plans to do it. So our next uh, big thing is we're going to interview Andrew Phillips. Um, That will be next week, we hope. We will start doing Twitch at some point, Tal. Uh, But we'll, of course, let you know through social media and things when we're going to do that. Um, But in general, I thought that was a really interesting email because I, yeah, a lot of our listeners aren't from britain so i just wonder if you've had that problem does it kind of spoil it to not know these references or as tal finds it's still funny anyway i think it's funnier if you do know the references that's one thing i don't like about watching american sitcoms is they reference people who i don't know at all and it, but they overload it with references don't they no, but no some, some do and some don't it's, it's can't it's not a, it's some do some don't but whenever i hear one it kind of 
for me i just like oh who is that i wish i knew who it was it's still funny overall if i if i find it funny in general but yeah it must be hard without knowing the references go away mr waller and if you don't know rick waller you probably just think why would he be eating a lot but well, i can assure yeah. you he would be i also think um as i said in my response to to tal uh, and thank you so much for getting in touch um by email that was trout.d at gmail.com trout.de at gmail.com you must say that's that. yeah and um no but i I was saying this there's very few things in the show that make them you know they're they're generally quite timeless but those references i find really date them you know there's there's big things you know like pop stars was a big thing um pop stars the rivals uh, fame academy and but but something like celebrity fit club which just came and went it was obviously just something that people talk about but obviously there was no when 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 they recorded the xfm plans there was they probably never thought they'd last this long of course they weren't they weren't doing it to be like a piece of work like the office they were just chatting basically they weren't there's no plans but you've often like when we're doing our writing i've noticed this on you you don't like dating things in not like because the term dated is pejorative and, and it is you know something's dated but you don't like dating anything at all with a reference to something that ha- is happening sort of now no. Whereas i actually i don't think it kind of spoils the shows to have a, a bit of stuff that dates them another thing that dated this episode to an extent not not to a pop culture reference but was steve talking about getting a passport and it was like 20 quid or 30 quid like now they're like 80 90 quid or, yeah so yeah it kind of dates it that but again you know it's i i i kind of like having those little those little references because it's kind of like it's kind of like yeah that was our time i i if i was doing a piece of writing i would put in something that would necessarily date it because it if you if you watch 40 towers i think i quite like it but the humor is dated as long as the humor oh, yeah. get dated I think it's okay to date the show, but you kind of you would always you would always lean towards not dating something, wouldn't you? Yeah, I I just like something to be able to stand the test of time, I suppose. Like, and I, which which genuinely I think the XFM shows do, you know. I've never also do, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is continuing on our saga just, about. Just to say, I just say thank you so much, Tal. I know Mars thanked you before, but really appreciate that lovely email. Your if you're worried at all about how you came across in your email, you've no need to be. You came across uh, fantastically and made a very interesting point. So thanks for that. So what's the next one, Miles? This is sort of continuing our saga about. There's been lots of back and forth recently about like the class, the class issue between Ricky, Steve, and Carl, uh, but also um, like Steve being middle class. So this is from Mr. Dilkenton, who's a, a regular listener. So hi there. Hi there. Uh, he says, hi, guys. Great podcast. I've heard you say a few times about Steve being middle class. Going by the stories about his dad. I'm not sure he is. I'd say he is working class, but he is educated. Is one of those people who tries to pretend he isn't. Brackets, not in a bad way. I'm from Belfast and very working class. I used to work with a girl who lived in a very working class area called Twinbrook. When she ordered a taxi from this area, she would say taxi to Dunmurray, which is a neighbouring area, which is very middle class area, a female mm. Steve. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that um, the only point. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting. One, yeah, because we've, we've kind of come from Yusuf's interesting points. So we've we've talked a lot about the class of each of the three of them. I would say I think that Steve 
Well, yeah, Steve might be. You're right. He might just be more educated than someone traditionally, not always at all, but from his background would be. But the only thing I don't think Steve ever shies away. Steve isn't one of those middle class people who pretends to be working class like and he doesn't also pretend to be middle i just think he is kind of you know now he is middle class that's what he is now well, like he's well, growing up he probably doing was that classic thing that everyone does when they're university when they're at university is, is pretending to be someone different or pretending to be higher class because there is that sort of social status attached to like academia and people like to be sort of as, as different you know a bit more i don't to be i don't i'm not sure that applies because steve we're listening to Steve when he's about nine years away from leaving university. If we, yeah, Steve might have pretended. Everyone kind of had, goes. I, I remember before I went to university, I had almost no music except for Oasis. So I went to. And that hasn't changed. I, I went to um, uh, Virgin Records or whatever it was and bought loads of CDs from tra- bands that I just because I thought other people would like the fact, other people would think oh he's interesting he's got an interesting taste in music i didn't like the music at all but i i i kind of did that i but i you know i was 18 19 it's it's forgivable so i had all this music that i probably got to this day somewhere just to just to just to be like oh he is a bit of a connoisseur he doesn't just like oasis but i think steve to be fair we're, we're listening to steve when he's 29 Steve isn't pretend. I don't think Steve's pretending to be more middle class than he is. Steve, you can just tell by the way he speaks. Like he's not upper class or upper middle class, but he's clearly he's kind of yeah. I think he's middle class. Like I grew up working class as well because my dad was is works with his hands. He is working class. He he he's like a labourer. He does more than just a labourer. He's also quantity fair, but you know working class. We didn't have much money, so it's kind of like. But now what am i now do you go by your parents still i don't know i i think i i just don't think steve's pretending to be anything really he's not he probably did at university but i don't think he's pretending to be anything he's not steve never shies away from the fact he's working class you get some like uh, mr dilkington was kind of alluding to you get some working class people who do everything they can to try and pretend to be middle class and you get some middle class people who do everything they can to try and come across working class to be like oh no i have an authentic working class background whereas whatever you are sometimes i think you want the other thing i think that's true I, I I i don't think steve's pretending I think there's been so many times where I've kind of affected my sort of like working class accent. Like my, my accent does change in different companies. You don't companies. have a working class accent. That's the no, thing. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is I might affect, you know, a sort of, oh, why, oh, like sort of. Nice, nice tractor. <laughs> no, 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 that just makes me think of you going, more water. Wow. And actually Tao, Tao uh, who did get in touch, talked about sitcoms. Watch Father Ted. Everyone should watch Father Ted at least 27 times. Be on the curriculum, I agree. <laughs> but I, I think I'm class. No, I, I, if I'm around like middle class people, if I'm around upper class people, I'll make them know that I'm working class. Just as a point of reference, just to make a point, just to go. And it's not to say I'm better than you because I never would do that anyway. But it's to go, you know, I'm not like you and my background is very different to yours. And I want you to know that because I, I wear this like a badge of honor and i don't want you to think of me any differently but i also want you to know where i've come from and i think i think loads of people do that when i went to university 
my voice, my goodness me, my voice changed. Like it, it hasn't now. I've got quite a, a neutral kind of bland accent, but it's it's interesting how you do adapt your sort of persona and your identity and your accent in social circles. Yeah, I think we 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 kind of touched on this before, but you do actually. We were just because Mars and I were doing some writing, and we 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 wrote something, and it's quite heavily on like persona and how we how we act in front of other people and it's very different to how um we actually are and and you can have one group of people you're a different person you go to your family you're a different person again you're complete so but i think in general yeah i agree with you both of us don't really have an accent we kind of it's neutral we're certainly not posh we're not either you know but but yeah i can imagine you very much knowing you pretend and I, i've already admitted i i bought all that music you know to pretend i was cool like and i'm not you know but you, i can imagine you pretending to be more working class than you are in front of people who you want to believe that you're working class and i can i can absolutely imagine you've done the opposite it, in situations where it would have been advantageous for you to be come across as middle class you've absolutely hammed up your, you've hammed, anyway, you've hammed up your accent. I walked in with like a with, with like a flute of champagne on that. Hello, <laughs> all right. Hello, you're very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is from um Erin. Thanks, Mr. Dilkington. Good point and interesting to know we have listeners from Belfast. Uh, Erin says, uh, I can't uh, wait to hear you guys discuss the victoria plum story ah it's incredible and this episode also has my has a couple of my favorite ricky laughs ever actually do you know that's an interesting point erin because we we don't we don't plan the show so sometimes actually sometimes we kind of we miss them we actually didn't we didn't we actually didn't discuss that we we didn't discuss victoria plum much maybe we let's let's do that now what we we looked up i victoria looked up how much victoria plum is and i asked I asked listeners, this was this was what I wanted to happen, right? I want I want to buy a Victoria Plum and then we can send it around to d- the different addresses of the people who listen to this show and they can take a selfie of it and upload it to um, social media. So it will get sent around to the country or internationally. It will be the D Trout Spinners Victoria Plum uh, I, Chronicles. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like getting a few of them as prizes for something and just they can still send this to take the selfie of the, the one that's there but it's just logistically it's incredibly difficult to get someone to they have to everyone has to agree to send it on to a v- vastly different place like no one's going to get it and pay over Zimbabwe for, for us to yeah <laughs> little Saudi Arabian fellas who listen would love it but no get some prizes <laughs> Yeah, so um, I just Miles for my birthday got me a not not dissimilar thing to a Victoria Plum. It was like a Sylvanian family um, like rabbit or something. But yeah, I think um, it is. It actually that's another thing I liked about this episode. And again, I didn't get to. And thank you for your email, Erin, because you kind of prompt us to to go back and and do things we didn't cover. Carl's Carl's stories about his childhood of like. The, the most interesting ones are the ones where there is a touch of sadness and a touch of kind of tragedy to them. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not that sad, but, it you know, I can so imagine 
him just pointing out to his mum and going, "What? Oh, what do you think of that? It's bloody awful. How tragic is that? That's tragic. I know. Like it's so. He saved so up all of his pocket money, and it, but but the payoff, the final payoff is, and that's why I don't get presents anymore. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> justification, but but that that's um like uh, Horsin House, very interesting. Um, it doesn't really touch on on sadness for Carl, but that's why when Carl's telling a story about Christmas. I think another episode and Ricky says don't this is going to make me cry isn't it yeah and, and actually it isn't a story like that it's just Carl wants to go and unwrap presents early but I love to... hearing I love hearing those stories from Carl actually it is it is quite emotional that is kind of it's it's a tragic comedy and it's that those are the oh, nice it's very it's very um Kez isn't it yeah <laughs> perpetual kind of theme in his life that sort of grim working up north thing but it's it's also um buying presents for your mum as well is really hard when you're young i remember i got like a yankee candle and i was like oh this is as much as i can sort of afford and also i hope i hope she likes it and my mum does actually like candles so it's all right but it's um my stepmom just said like she she um on my dad's side i have to specify which stepmom it is, but um, she, uh, <laughs> I get her a candle every single year that I get her a present. If I don't see her, I don't get a present. But her birthday is um, Boxing Day, and I said to my dad at the beginning, like when they, what should I get? He says, oh yeah, she quite likes candles. Twenty five candles later, she's probably sick of them. But I just, it's such, <laughs> it's such a night like, nondescript present. It's kind of like a get out of jail free card, a candle. Yeah, but I used it as well um yeah no victoria plum uh they're, they're very hideous things <laughs> my, my grandma my grandma's i'm um, also my granddad's polish and my grandma has loads of these polish dolls around the house and i, I find them particularly creepy so probably wouldn't want it in my house my but God, i'd gladly li- i'd gladly give it to a listener put it that way <laughs> yeah I, there's the victoria plum here it's in its original packaging 89 pounds, price 89 pounds 46 oh, plus oh. tax and US dollars, that's 109.99. There's another one that's 50 quid. We, I think we should get one and send it out as a prize. I mean, the prize better, the the quiz better be fucking great. Yeah. How do we get? Yeah. How do, wait, how do, how do we get them up there? Yeah. How do we get there? Yeah. Exactly. Um. Thank you, Erin. I appreciate that, and you've kind of prompted us to um revisit the episode again. So, always appreciate your uh your emails or your whatever, however you get in touch your comments <laughs> what old are you fucking hell um, your, your letter your, your handwritten letters i appreciate yeah them. thank you your virtual letter that you've written with your mind yeah um so this is a question that we've it's kind of come up again and it, it came up last last week and it was about would you have listened to the xfm shows had carl never been involved and we had sort of four uh comments get in touch and i'll, ju- I'll just read this out and Generally, people say, you know, they wouldn't listen had Carl never been involved. But Jake Stoney started us off and he said, um, that's too complicating, co- complicated of a question for a yes or no answer. And I knew as soon as I posted the poll that I'd I'd like sort of blanketed my sort of answer too too broadly. Obviously, it's more uh, grey than that, you know. Um, yeah, I, I completely. Well, who's what's his name? Jake. 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 Um yeah, I, I totally agree. It probably sh- it shouldn't have gone out like that. I I, I wasn't behind the question. It was Mars. <laughs> but, All right, um, have a go. 
Do you you want to do the social media next week, mate? No, I don't, mate. You can do another poll. (laughs) Does God exist? Yes or no? Um, No, Mars does a great job on social media, including this poll. I'm just saying I agree with Jake. Like, for example, I would say I've always said, like, I uh, listen. I love the Claire episodes. I enjoy listening to Claire episodes. But if there was more than four or if Claire was always the producer, I wouldn't re-listen to them now. I might have listened at the time. You know, just get just listen for two hours a week. But I would never re-listen. But I'm happy to listen to non-Carl episodes, but only if they're swimming in a big sea of Carl episodes. Yeah. Bit, basically. Which brings us on to what Nick T said. He said, "Who the hell votes yes?" Sergius gives us some def- decent perspective, but Gervais and Merchant alone pale in comparison to having that board mank as a sounding board. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, Russell said, "You needed all three. I don't think it would have ever been as good without all three, and a non-show without without Carl. The amusement was based on Carl. And uh, finally, Mr. Dilkinton, uh, who we've heard from, he said, um, it was Ricky and Steve's involvement with Carl that led me to the XFM shows. If I'm listening randomly to the shows, sometimes I skip the ones where Carl is on holiday. Yeah, I've done that before, but now I tend to listen. I, 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 I kind of, I've seen new things that have interested me in the Claire episodes but as I say I only tolerate the Claire episodes when I know that the next 15 20 25 episodes are going to be all Carl there is two Claire episodes in a row but apart from that it's um they're very spread out well I would what I would urge people is to listen to um Gervais Merchant uh, uh series zero and listen to those shows because they're fucking hilarious they're it's so raw, like it's so raw with I've those listened, two. Yeah, you've you've I've listened to some, and I, they're not hilarious for me. They're not hilarious in the way at all that the XFM show are. They're hilarious more. They like in a way that they weren't trying to make it hilarious. It's hilarious to hear them so unplanned and so just like sporadic and kind of like all over the place the audio quality sounds but i'd much rather hear someone just have like a free-form chat you know assuming i like assuming i like the people that i'm that i'm listening to i i don't mind them talking about anything you know i listen to loads of stuff where it's like i don't particularly care about what you're talking about but i really like hearing you and i and it's just like that i felt the same with ricky and steve you know they had nothing to lose going in and also they were very antagonistic with each other. That's kind of back back when when you were kind of I don't know. I think it's really interesting when you're meeting your first friends and you're like you don't naturally just click like that, do you? Like you you obviously have your differences. And some of my best friends, you know, are ones where you know we've had our initial differences and now we've gone on to be like really good mates. Me and you, it wasn't like that. We got on really quickly, you know. Yeah, like um, but there are there are so many other friends that I've I've had and I've gone, oh, I really fucking hated you when I first met yeah, you. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's someone I used to work with. I absolutely hated. I hated. I hated. I thought he's arrogant, aloof, just just. And I got like, over that. Hor- yeah, no, it wasn't Mars. And um, then he he moved desks to sit opposite me, and within like ten, well, within a few weeks, he was my favourite person, one of my favourite people I've ever met. You know, and I just marry him then. We don't marry him, but we we judge people too quickly of him. But I disagree on that they weren't getting on then. The reason that Ricky could be oh, no, so it was, it was obviously a show, wasn't it? it was yeah, a... but the, yeah, but hang on, the reason they were so antagonistic with each other is because they were very close friends then. I'd almost say it's the opposite. They were friends very quickly. 
and then they drifted apart. Even over across the FSM shows, you know, Carl's, uh, Ricky's kind of inviting Carl to things and not Steve. Back in those days, Ricky would have been invited. Steve. They are antagonistic with each other, but it's absolutely humorous. All of it. It's not. It's, it's nothing genuinely nasty. Although they make genuine actual points, like particularly Ricky. Uh, at Steve so I think they were an example of two friends who met got on really well straight away and clicked and then drifted apart so can I just reply to what you said before because you you said I'd rather hear someone have a free-form chat than something scripted I'm absolutely like that too I absolutely agree I just don't think it's just not always as funny it is funny and it's a good thing, and I'd urge you to listen to it. It's just not for me. Like, I would never re-listen loads of times to those shows. Um, I would only listen to the XFM shows in that period. But, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, interesting to hear them young and interesting to hear Ricky talk to his mum and things like that. But um, they're not, like, I wouldn't go in to listen and think, wow, they're going to rival the XFM shows, because they don't. It is, it is good to hear them unplanned and unscripted. It's just, I think they're too much, they're, they're too kind of, I don't know, they, they needed to have some sort of direction. And I think by the time they'd written the first series of The Office, which is when we jumped into the shows in series two, I think they were far more confident people and kind of, um, I don't know, sort of, I, I, I'm not sure how, how I would describe it really. But yeah, they're good shows, but um, not something I would re-listen to constantly but what we will do is if we if we ever get to the end of these uh xfm shows series two three and four we will go back and revisit series one and and potentially yes series we'll have to (laughs) because otherwise we'll just have to do more uh, otherwise which are also available on our podcast streams gary i want to wrap up because i'm good plug mate i like I like Mars. Mars has spent the 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 whole episode saying that like, he never pretends to be someone different. He, he pretend like he. What? I just no no no. You're not pretending you're someone different, but you just put on the radio voice when you do. I don't put on the radio voice. Like I do what I need to do to keep you, you in do, check. You, you I do, do what you I do. do. You do anyway, voice. I want to wrap this up because I'm bored of talking to you, mate. Um. Look, we're going to pop a couple of songs in our D-Trout Spinners Library. This is a curated pop, pop Spotify on, playlist. Pop that on the radiator. And, sorry, pop that on the radiator and uh, go sleep in your pants. Sorry, go on. <laughs> this is a curated playlist on Spotify. Um, and basically each week, Gary and I select a song that either has some sentimental attachment or uh, is related to the show. Or, or just a, a song... A song that we like, or indeed is the first song that Gary flips on when he opens his iPod, which is right there in turquoise, flashing before my very eyes. Gary, what have you chosen this week? I have chosen a song. It's not, I don't have a particular emotional attachment to it, but it's um, by The Flaming Lips uh, on the album Yoshimi Battles, The Pink Rebels, the big, the big album, um, big, big selling album, and it's Fight Test. It's just a great introduction. One of the, Lips one of the great and tests on test. M. One of, one of the great introduction tracks to an album that I can think of. I can't think of too many more, like Rock and Roll Star um, intro, but um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great introduction and kind of sets the tone for the album. Well, mine's very different. I'm going to go for will smith getting jiggy with it okay 
just because I, I I really like that song and it's a summer it's a summer it's a summer tune and I think everyone could do with a bit of uplifting spirit uh, in these times and also bloody bloody boiling outside so um it is yeah, quite enjoy, a, isn't it yeah enjoy your summer everyone uh, wherever you are wherever in the world you are no um ne- next week we're gonna uh hopefully we, we won't confirm it for 100 but we're gonna interview andrew phillips who was the head of xfm during the ricky gervais show era and um of course most listeners will be aware you'll be aware of the show the particularly infamous show where uh you know we're, we're not scared of andrew phillips Wah! and it, where they where they've gone uh, carl went to andrew phillips with a feature that ricky and steve had done and uh Andrew Phillips said no, and we're not putting it out. And then Ricky and Steve basically have this hissy fit. They have like almost a tantrum on air. Like, but it's funny. Like Carl is just under it that show. But yeah, I'm. I can't wait to ask Andrew. I can't wait either. So yeah, I'm really excited. It'll be good. It'll be for you, for you diehard fans. Hopefully, we can get a sneak behind the curtain and we can, you know, get some new, new information out there into the mythology of the xfm universe that'd be, that'd um, be amazing uh, so please do get in touch with us in the meantime on twitter that's at trout underscore de or on email which is trout underscore de again at gmail.com otherwise um you can follow me on instagram at duchess underscore pernell or on gary at his uh, address and he lives in brighton so you could just stalk him or you can um pop down there which you can do now with up to six mates um and um you'll probably see him you'll probably see him in the window of his flat nursing a lovely sherry obviously you know that you know that's a joke most listeners take that as a joke as soon as he hears you say that fljs is already booking flights over from wherever (laughs) he lives i i I don't i'm not sure where he lives but he did ask for your address country so uh, yeah, I know. He he, yeah, he said, uh, yeah, he asked for my address this week, but he was he was joking and he he was yeah the the uh, obviously they're all shared accounts. Mars generally runs them. He does a great job. Um, his Instagram one is his own personal one, but you can obviously get in touch with him about on about the show there. I will eventually get some social media, but I just I don't I don't I feel I'm too I'm 36 you know what would I do with it so worry about that mate too got, old no one to socialize with either so no, post a meme whatever that is <laughs> yeah uh, uh, oh yeah well, I was I was gonna ask you a question but I'll ask you next time um look forward to that look forward to that uh but, thank you for listening everyone this has been the D Trout Spinners podcast with Miles and Gary uh Gary any last thoughts uh no cool see ya <laughs> see ya later <laughs> Thank you.